and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome back to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today, we're discussing Jamie One with a special, special guest. We brought her back. Uh, KLEC is here. Nikki, how are you doing? I'm really good. How are you two? Doing uh, great. Thank Wonderful. you for having me back, by the way. Thank oh. you for coming on. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's really almost. I episode. mean, it's all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're. I mean, you're the one who's exploding on over there on TikTok. I mean, I feel like you know, it's like, thank you for you know <laughs> gracing, gracing us. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on over on TikTok. It's it's great. I'm <laughs> I'm loving it. Um, but yeah, it's just, just a bit of a shock. It's just, oh. hey, yeah, over twenty k now. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. So um, Nikki does actually. I mean, you do. Uh, you're no matter how crazy the theory is i saw one where you were uh, sort of telling people hey i'll dive down any rabbit hole any theory <laughs> you know whatever and so you respond to a lot of people's comments somebody's like hey you know what do you think about this and then you dive into that yeah pr pretty much um i the, the way i kind of like to set it up is um people ask a question um i will do my best to answer it the way that i see things sort of playing out and then it just becomes an open discussion. So I'd never sort of profess to say, this is what I believe and it's absolutely right. Um, I love the engagement that everybody's have. Everybody's talking to each other. Um, people tell me I'm wrong um, often and that's great. Um, and they tell me why. And it's really good because they raise things that I wouldn't have even considered or just like really mind blowing things that completely change my perspective on something. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. great. I think now, now, um, Nikki, do, do they tell you that you're wrong? Because <laughs> you're a big uh, Lannister supporter. Is that is that at the core of what this is all about? Because, I mean, come on, you're. I I was expecting that. Um, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, the, the yeah, like the only resistance I've had uh, from um, Stannis supporters, really. Um, I keep getting like raided. Um, every time I talk about, um, like, so for example, I don't know how how great a politician Tywin was, I'll get okay, yeah, but but Stannis is the one true king, and then it all just it all just <laughs> oh, kicks off, and all, all the Stannis slots show up, and but it's all in good fun, and it's it's all in jest, like no one's rude or anything. It's right. just it's really funny. That is hilarious. I, by the way, you know that's Matt starting that. He's got a separate account, and he's going I in do. there. I am. No, I am a Stannis is the one true king person, but I'll, I mean, all at the end of the day, I'm ultimately a Targaryen loyalist. But we, I, I will say, we have a handful of one star reviews on iTunes of where I've like defended Cersei. Um, like, and people are like, <laughs> Cersei is like so evil. I don't understand how you could, how you but could like like is... her as a. And I'm like, I love her as a character. That's the thing. If she's that evil that she would elicit such an angry reaction from you she's an amazing character because if she you know if she wasn't that um sort of thought provoking you wouldn't care and that's why she mm. is such a great character whether you know whether you like her methods or not she still elicited some kind of emotional response from you and that's why mm. she's a brilliant character so that's yeah why it's, I love the Lannisters. it's it's one of, yeah it's it's one of the reasons and it's one of the reasons i love the chapter we'll be diving into today which is jamie one is once you start to get and why I think A Storm of Swords is the best book, I think most people, uh, we did a poll uh, and it, it like blew away uh, everything else of what we what everyone thought was the was the best books, uh, the book order or like uh, best books in the series. And um, 
you once you begin to get like the inner dialogue of like Jamie and Cersei, especially the Cersei chapters, where she starts like she starts to talk about like one of the things I I really like changed my perspective on her a lot is when she's talking about like how Robert just used to sort of have his way with her when she like wasn't there and it, like you begin to you begin to understand a little bit more about her and you begin to understand like you know she is really smart she is like a very good tactician i mean yeah she makes mistakes but even tywin does but then obviously just because she's a woman tywin's like no and eh, no nope. like too bad sorry and you can see like just how like you know skilled she actually is yeah yeah she's ambitious. i love i love cersei's chapters um, because I think the, the more paranoid she gets as the story goes along, like you say, the more mistakes she keeps making. And it's, it's, you know, like you say, you get that perspective about it and you really start to understand her as a person as opposed to just being a villain. Um, but the choices that she just continues to make, it's, it's quite hilarious to read through. You are just sat there like, oh, why are you doing that? Yeah. And yeah. then just waiting for the fallout to happen. Bless her. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I've wanted real quick, just my, my thought on Cersei and, and, you know, Matt and I, we've talked a lot about like when we do our book to show kind of thing and we, we reflect on what happened in the show. Uh, I've always wondered like if Cersei's arc is going to go, cause the show real, I think the ratings with her, I think the, the people, people enjoyed her being on the screen. I think it's really interesting and fascinating. Mm -hmm. What's she going to do? What, what's she about? Um, what's she going to say? And so I think they really played that up more. Not that she's not going to have a huge role at the end of the series, but I just wonder if it's going to go anywhere close to what it does. And that's again, sort of a, a speculation uh, piece, but I've always wondered if the show took some of what was happening that was really good and said, yeah, let's play this up even more and make her stay in King's landing and do this whole bit. Um, and if they knew that really her role was going to go a, a different way, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. Cause the whole thing with her and Jamie coming back together and all that stuff is just I don't know, a little, little mind boggling for me. You don't, so. yeah. Like yeah. You, you don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I, I mean, especially we just had that conversation <laughs> with, with Moon Boy. I'm just like, the more I think about it, I'm just like, God, I, I wouldn't go back. And he's he's starting to come around on it. You know, we're going to talk about Jamie today, but like right now we're, he's, he's just escaping from River Run. But it's like he goes on this whole arc and this whole journey where once he really comes back to Cersei, he's a totally different person, changed, thinking about stuff, wanting to reform kind of the, the Kingsguard and stuff. So I just think a lot about how, the show, like Matt, you've often mentioned, like Dorn, like if it didn't rate well, you brought something in and it's like, oh, we don't really know what to do with this and it's not really going well. You diminish it or you amplify it because of ratings and how much did that affect uh, what we think of of Cersei? I still think she's a boss of a character and it's going to be, um, you know, have a huge role to play, but I'm just not so sure it'll be in King's Landing. So, yeah. what do you think, Nikki? Um, I've I've said before and I do stand by this. I think, um. Lena Headey's Cersei is so much more intelligent than Book Cersei. Yeah. Um, and as we kind of discussed in the last video that we did, Cersei's just losing or has lost that support network. Um, and I think she's going to start to get desperate and her decisions will reflect that desperation. Because, um, you know, she doesn't have Jamie anymore. Um, Kevin's gone. Mm -hmm. um, is it Tyena Merriweather? She's disappeared now. Yeah. Um, She's, she's got nobody, really, apart from right. Kyburn and Robert Strong. So, yeah, I, I think she's... <laughs> and Moonboy. And Moonboy. Moonboy's there, um, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think her actions are going to get crazy, desperate, 
Um, I'm so interested to see what she does, but I don't think it's going to be the sort of show level of strategy and, and sort of forethought. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I have a few other things here on the on the dock I want to talk about. So real quick, let's. Uh, I want to talk just a little bit about House of the Dragon. So I don't know. We got the. We did not get a trailer, which we were all hoping for, but we did get an official release date, which came out sort of around the area that we'd been talking about, which was like there were the er, some reports were like early July, some reports were like October. Um, what uh, what is it? Uh, August. 21st which is a sunday so we are back to the sunday schedule we know it's 10 episodes seems like they're going to be going one a week so that's going to run us into october um I mean, what are we what are we thinking about that nikki i'll go i'll go with you because as, as i did as i talked about a little bit but um i'm really excited really really excited um i i mean as far, as far as we're aware, they are going to be looking at the sort of um, Dance of the Dragons, um, Greens versus Blacks, which I thought was a little bit odd. Um, I kind of thought they would maybe start with Aegon's Conquest, but never mind. It's a decent enough plot to follow. Um, I really hope they don't tame it for television. Um, I mean, I've just, I can't remember where I saw it, but someone said um, House of the Dragon makes Game of Thrones look like a tea party. And I thought that's just so accurate. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's new showrunners. It's still HBO. I have really high hopes and expectations for it. I just really hope they sort of stay as true to the source material as they can. And if they do, it will be fantastic. Yeah. It's got like a rawness, you know? It's like um, it's the Targaryens. It's, it's the dragons just kind of doing their their thing. So it's, it's I, I hope I hope they do as well because Damon's wild. Damon yeah. is a wild man. And like he yes. can probably come across as really sophisticated and you see i think he has different faces he wears different faces if he's at the small council or if he's you know uh, out doing mm -hmm. sort of a patrol or in a tavern or whatever and then he's talking to young rhaenyra i think that's gonna be it's gonna be edgy and it's gonna be like they're gonna push the envelope here a little bit but i say go for it like really yeah. push it and i think i think matt best. i think i think for a lot of the i mean obviously he's been in more stuff like doctor who is sort of like i think his like big entrance into like a, like as becoming a, a, a big name and then he's in um the crown um which was he was really uh really good in that too but i think yeah. this is going to be like the thing that you know like five years from now everyone's like yeah. uh, views mass mass like a mega movie star like it was his actor. It was his performance in The Crown that did it for me. As soon as the sort of casting list came out, I was like, yes, he yeah. will be fantastic as Damon. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just have some some of the pictures pulled up here for the, for the people that are watching on YouTube, getting to see like some of this, the set, everything. It looks so, it's just so good. Also, I still cannot get over this by the fact the young actresses, Mm -hmm. I mean, they look like, how'd they find these people? I mean, they look like spot on. I mean, it's right. like, it's crazy. So the continuity, everything looks, looks so good. Well, and they've showed multiple, multiple images I mean, or stills. Yeah, I know. She looked, scroll back up. Yeah, there's Allison. Um, Hightower Hightower there. I don't then, know. The, I, her name's Olivia Cook, but I don't know that. I don't know the, the name of the actress who's playing the younger version of her. But, I mean, look at that. I mean, it literally looks like it's like her little sister or something, but it's not. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's wild. They're they're gonna show they're using those uh I think those actresses to like 
I think Damon will still be interacting and we're going to see him be right. a devious little whatever, you know, and that's that's going to be what's sort of crazy. Yeah, she looks super mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so cool. Yeah, so so yeah, coming out October um or excuse me, August uh 21st which is a little bit later than I think as and I thought just cuz we were worried about it running into the Sunday night football uh, here in America <laughs> cuz that's such a if you have for you guys over there it's like ah whatever but for us here it's like that's like nothing touches the NFL's yeah. ratings like nothing so it's kind of like ah, I just hope it doesn't run into that so 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 Nikki what time will it air for you because we had this conversation about hbo when it so it'll probably be monday morning or something or, or yeah if i remember correctly um we had a bunch of uh we had lots of issues with piracy over in the uk mm -hmm. um because and, and someone might comment and correct me from from what i remember we used to get it like a week after yeah um and then they moved it to uh so you guys got it on sunday we had to wait until friday and then they gave it to us on the Monday night, but we were still sort of getting up at 3 a.m. and watching it. So right. then they started releasing it on, because um, we get it on Sky Atlantic. Yeah. Um, so I think it's about 3 a.m. It airs over here when it's like 9 p.m. for you guys. Um, so as soon as you guys get it, it goes straight onto On Demand um, and we can watch it at, okay. at that point. So it should be about 3 a.m. Monday morning for us. Yeah, because we always think about the 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 market here in the United States and like what's going on, like NFL football Sunday night or you know Sunday night Monday night football and stuff. But I was just kind of wondering, like you know, what do you, what do you guys have going on around the that time? Like your Sunday soccer or something? I don't know. You know, um, like, yeah, we're... no. Um, I'm trying to think. The, the is, big is ones Doctor Who get... out there running at the same time? I don't, I'm, just I'm not a big Who fan. Yeah, we don't we, we don't really get things on a Sunday night. Uh, the only things I can think of is um, so like Peaky Blinders and right. uh, things is that like still running. Is that that's a current? Yes, show? that's on its okay. final season, I think. Um, BBC tend to sort of show their big um, big stuff on a Sunday night. Um, we had a really okay. good little short called um, Bodyguard, which had Richard Mad uh, Richard Madden in it, which was awesome. That was a Sunday night thing. But yeah. otherwise, not there's not really much that we get yeah. on a Sunday. We normally get things on a Friday, I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. Hmm. Trying to, yeah, just try, trying to think because the, see, I, I'm almost thinking what they're going to do is I, I almost think it's going to be released because like when H when, Game of Thrones came out. It was like just HBO. So you had to like tune into HBO. And then towards the end, like all the streaming services came out. So it was like HBO Go and HBO Now, which was a disaster. Because it was like, which one do I need to get? It was, you know, totally weird. But now it's just HBO Max. And um, I almost think it's going to release like Saturday night at midnight. And then it will air on HBO, the channel at like a certain time in the day is almost is almost my guess okay yeah, yeah this uh, also i'm looking up here real quick just uh so there are some european countries that have hbo max like denmark sweden and spain but there's right. like nothing in the uk that's that is just well crazy. that's a i can tell you right now that's that's about to change big time because part of the whole deal with the discovery channel merger uh that um hbo being sold off by AT&T to end sort of a merger slash uh, being uh, bought by Discovery Channel. Mm -hmm. uh, Discovery Channel, Discovery Plus is getting merged with HBO Max and Discovery Plus has like a huge foothold for whatever reason 
sorry, this is boring, like stock news. Um, uh, They have like a huge foothold in like a lot of like countries outside the U S that like H Warner brothers and stuff like that. Don't. So I like, I can tell you right now that will change. I'm like guaranteed that you'll, that HBO max will be in a lot of those other countries. Well, before the house, of the dragon comes out. They should. They should. I mean, this is yeah. this like, you, you know, everyone would, you know, people would pop in there in the UK and be tuned in right away. I mean, even though it's mm-hmm. like a time difference and stuff. But yeah, there's there's I mean, Matt, like you said, we yeah, do the whole town and just yeah, just do it. We did. We would we would get up um, or stay up and watch Game of Thrones at sort of like 2, 3 a.m., and then yeah. go to work and talk about it. Or you'd have to do it quietly because you'd have the people who had kids and whatnot who couldn't do that. Right. Um, but yeah, loads of us would get up and watch it at bang on 3 a.m. Because we did not want to sort of like hop on Twitter or Facebook right. and see all the American tweets for spoilers and whatnot. Spoilers. So yeah, we, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, I, yes, this, I think the ideal way to do it is you release it and at midnight, you know, midnight. Mm. So 12.01, right? saturday night going into sunday because i guess like you're you're not going to be running into the nfl for i think the first four weeks so then after that you're like maybe whatever yeah but now it's like now it's like the way they view ratings is so different it's like streaming numbers is totally different than um you know uh actual television numbers because everyone's more and more and more people are switching to just streaming Mm -hmm. so i think you just release it on sunday and then you have you have the whole yeah. day to whole day to watch it because yeah. now it's like they view it by they it's like they used to view it by like the day like what was like the day that it that it came out what was the numbers yeah. now it seems like everyone looks at things more so like the week like weekly streaming is the like or like and then the month like how many episodes of that were streamed per month since we sort of changed into that now yeah. it, it, the other interesting thing is is that it, it's gonna run it's gonna overlap with the lord of the rings show yes Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, is it gonna be a problem? It may think it's gonna be a problem. I don't know. I think it's gonna I be don't. fine. I've I've seen um a little bit of pushback from um from both sides actually. Fortunately, not on any of my videos. Um, but yeah, I have seen a, a couple of arguments breaking out over which which is going to be better. Which one is worth investing your time in? As as if you have to choose. Right. Um, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean. For me, House of the Dragon would, you know, takes priority, but absolutely. Um, is it Ring of Power? This yeah, is how much I've not, yeah, Rings of Power. I've just mm. kind of like not really been following it that much, which right. is silly because I do love Lord of the Rings. Um, but of course, I'm going to watch it. Uh, it's, yeah. you know, we don't, especially in today's age of streaming, you don't need to pick and choose. Right. Well, it, it is so, crazy, though. You get those people that are like diehards in one fandom and yeah. only one fandom, and they're like, this will be that I it, it, or yeah. or like if it doesn't like I don't know they're gonna it, go to the yeah they're gonna fight about it in, in the comments which is fine fight about that in Kelly's <laughs> comments let those videos blow up I think it'd be fantastic for <laughs> yeah. her and us you know go go at it but it's it's just I told Matt today I think it actually might help um if you had because. both of them running because you're like okay I'm a fan of this and a lot of people are like just like Martin himself was a fan of Tolkien's work. He'll probably be watching it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's probably yeah. going to sit down and watch it himself. And it's just like, why Why wouldn't you? So that you might actually, I think sometimes we think they're going to go in competition with one another. And they are. Truly, they are yeah. different networks. This is streaming wars and whatever. But I think they might be benefiting one another because you've got sort right. of a fantasy fandom fired yeah. up and, and stuff. So, which yeah. would be. And, cool. 
and it could change too. I I still like they they haven't said anything about whether they're going to release like the first three episodes or not, which some shows have, some shows haven't. Like Obi, the Obi One show actually just changed. Yeah. Um, just changed and said, "Hey, we're going to release on Friday. You get two. But I think um, I remember looking at this that there was going to be some overlap between Obi One and maybe Miss Marvel or something. One of the one of the Marvel shows were going to run into each other, and so I think that's one of the reasons they're doing it. And it's kind of interesting that it releases like the weekend of celebration, right? So everyone's going to yeah. be Star Wars celebration, hanging out, doing, doing whatever. Are we? Maybe it's back on the table, as maybe now we're back. Okay, we better hey, go. Maybe we, should, maybe, maybe we should go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nikki, have you? So we're uh, we're huge Star Wars fans here as well. We're on Hyperspace Hangout, another another podcast. If you ever want to talk Star Wars and Obi Wan Kenobi, let us yes. know. Absolutely. I will. My Star Wars knowledge is not that great. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not too bad with like Mandalorian and that kind of lore. Mm -hmm. Um, but the rest of it, I'm not fantastic with. I kind of get everything for. I mean, I've got a friend who's like a walking Star Wars, and thought like Bible. She's what yeah. she doesn't know isn't worth knowing. But um, yeah, Obi Wan, definitely. Oh, um, yeah. but yeah, anything outside of that, I'll be a bit. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's okay. You know. That's what Matt and I were talking to you earlier. And we were like, you know, a lot of people who listen to our show are just show watchers. And our, yeah. our whole tone has always been like, we're not really, it's people, we're, we want you to go check out the books and listen and, and get into it. But we're not um, super dry and trying to shove yeah. a whole bunch of crazy dry facts down your throat. You know, we're just really wanting you to like, we try to hype it. Everything we do, we, we try to hype and bring people to it. And so I always tell people any show that we, that Matt and I do, it's like, you can come in with like zero knowledge and just love on it and just what's your favorite thing what do you like and all that kind of stuff so uh it's it's fun that's what i like about your tiktok too like one of the things you did was the oh god what was it uh what if i just saw one of your videos what if um what if rob had married a fray oh like yeah if he, if he was supposed to like you know just yeah. the what if scenarios that's the other piece about our our podcast that i like so much is matt would just like we'll be dead on in a chapter and just like what if he wouldn't have done this like what a, what a stupid thing yeah. to do and you're just like yeah actually that's kind of fascinating to think about um and then you can go on this whole other other line of thought so yeah i love yeah. those kind of questions yeah they're brilliant yeah the rabbit the rabbit holes they're they're endless okay um so i don't think there's any more uh game of thrones news there is the new um uh, we're getting the new like sort of illustrated book um which looks kind of cool i already pre-ordered mine i think you guys are getting the better cover by the way which is unfortunate yeah, so you may have you may have to like mail because I, I can't buy can the that. uk version so we may have to do some swapping yeah, here. Paypal, Venmo, yeah. yeah. let me pull let me what is it called it's called rain or rain of the dragon or rise of the dragon rise of the dragon i can't even remember yeah i just it, saw it, it was like pre-order now right oh yeah yeah i, yeah, I already because i love the i i love the the world of ice and fire book george yes. i know george has it on his on his thing here so let me pop this in boom oh sorry wrong one uh so this is the cover we're getting i mean don't get me wrong that cover is awesome i mean that's that's it's like it's super cool and whatever i just think i like this one more i like it's the more green true to the other books i think mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's funny that he, he did like the the blacks and the greens you know like you look at that first cover it's like the blacks and then this one's oh. green and so it's totally the colors um that are associated with uh with the different factions the different groups not so now, because you guys do, and this is actually something we haven't really talked about, is different versions of colors and things like that. Because I, I've, um, does your World of Ice and Fire book look like this, or is it different? No, mine's different. See, what? God, as we gotta start, 
I want them all. Do you want to? I'll go get it. If you yeah, I would love. Yes. And while you do, I'll show you some of my stuff here. I got my amazing. See, two seconds. Go ahead. And this is yeah, and this is definitely kind of interesting, guys, because we've you know we we know the the different covers of the books and all of these things, right? And different, um, you know, in I guess in in different regions they get different covers and all of and all of this stuff. Right, right. Uh, let me see here. Dance with dragons after the feast. Yeah. So I was like looking around. I, I was I was seeing different things. Do you remember this? We talked about this where he they released right. worldwide kind of like two versions of a dance with dragons. Like and this is number two after the feast. So just the way they kind of split it up and into different books and stuff. It's I saw this on the shelf. I'm like, what the heck is this? And how are they how are they dividing right. this stuff up? So I think it's kind of uh, a cool, fascinating. So, yeah. Now I'm really intrigued to see what her covers look like. And for those of you guys listening on the on the podcast, you know, our American version of the World of Ice and Fire, which is the big which I I gush about this book all the time because I just love it. I just oh I yeah. just, and, um it's just like a big, nice book, and the cover is so cool where it's just that sort of soft, like it's a soft, hard cover. Right. Um, but I guess you know, ours is orange. I think you know, most people who are with that and i think i'm yeah. guessing probably there's different uk versions of the other books right. as, as well right that whole other yeah the uh, the the other market well that's when i was looking at uh half price books like I, I told you some of the old even just the older editions you know when they come out and do stuff right. so a storm of swords you oh. know you've got this old kind of um i don't know if this yeah is. and remember do you remember when um somebody sent us a message like when we first started and they were over in europe somewhere and they were like hey I, i'm reading a feast for crows like book two and we're like what and yeah. so i guess there's like some there's like some versions that are it's like released in parts or something like that or maybe it was like dance of dragons or it's like part volume one or volume two and we're like wait what's going on but i i did look that up and it's a thing that's cool so hang on so this is our world of ice and fire okay i've seen that cover yeah i've 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 seen yeah. that cover that's cool. yeah that's really so, cool. So, yeah. what does your Storm of Swords look like? Oh, Storm of Swords. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Matt's got the yeah. other. That's the world. So, yeah, here, it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Here, 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 here. here we go. Yeah. So that's that's world for me. That's our yeah. world book, right? And so yours is kind of a black black version. Yeah. yeah so this so. is I I actually have a couple of different versions. I don't have them all over here right now. But this is one of the older, like you know how they they re-release stuff. So, or, yeah. so this is a one of the original. I think this might even be the original um, cover, Storm of Swords. I, I think it is. I think it might be like 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 the original hardback <coughs> um, cover. Because then I also have, like, this is the paperback. So this is what I make my notes in and stuff. So I got my right. uh, paperback. But that's different than like the right. mass, the current more mass market, and then right. the like HBO inspired mm -hmm. things as right, well. Because you yeah. you got like a green sort of book. I think is the mass market um, paperback that they have now. So, yeah. so ours um looks like this. Ooh, we get yeah. it in two parts. See, that's From what I'm saying. It's a, so, yeah. the, so the so that's similar, except ours is green. But otherwise, it's, otherwise it, it look it looks the same. Yeah. But our it's, it's not in two parts. It's one. Yeah. Well, I, our dance with uh, dragons is two books as well. Does it look like this? Your dance of dragons? No, mine looks like this. It's on the table over here. Okay. This Ooh. one's got like um. So it says after the feast. This is volume two. <laughs> this, I mean, they might have done this. You know, I don't know if this is yeah. a specific to 
a region or not? I don't even know how to tell, actually. That's our part. Oh, one. you got that? Yeah. So that's yeah. So it says dreams and dust. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then and volume two is is the after the, after the feast, feast, but it probably is a different cover. It probably just says after the feast, which is volume two. Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, that's interesting. That's actually. Look at them making more money dividing the books up into two. Oh yeah. Well, I know. This is, well, because they just because so, they just announced. Yeah. See. Okay. So here, let me share my screen here. Um, Fire and Blood. Right. So this is what we got, and I think this is what everyone else yes. got. Yes. Wow. So that's what that's what your Fire and Blood, and they just they're they're coming out with a new one, which I think actually, to be honest, is kind of ugly. Uh, this is like the HBO tie-in. Yeah. Cover. It's kind of it's kind of ugly. Um. Yeah. Oddly enough, I don't uh, actually own uh, physical copies of the, <laughs> of of the books because I don't really read uh, books uh, physically. I do Kindle yeah. and I do audio. Now I do have this one though, <laughs> the night the night of seven. Yeah, it's it's probably the it's probably the yeah. same. I don't know. Have you oh, you've okay. read these right? Oh, I was about to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. holy smoke! Look at that. It's cool. Hers is different. Yep. That's is that awesome. is that is that uh hardback or is that paper? It's hardback, yeah. That's the same okay. one you got. Matt. You got the hardback the same too. one. Yeah. Yeah. I well, was hey, saying, yeah. It's just, hate just to, I hate to say it just, I, I, I think ours like is a little that. better. I mean, I don't know. I hate to really? say that. On yeah. this one, on this one, yeah. Oh, on this one, on this <gasps> one. No. I like I actually like your world book that it's black and yes. dark I do too. hard. Yeah. I think that's Our kind of cool. Kind of a cool look. See, this is how they do it. And then you got it. Now, I think in other parts of the world, too, they have totally different covers. Like total, like in yeah. Spanish-speaking mm. countries and stuff like that, too. I think they have, like, totally um, different. I, I have my, – my wife is from Germany, and so I have a – I should pull up sometime. We went to, a, a like, a bookstore in Berlin and looked around. I could not believe the Harry Potter covers that were different, uh, Game of Thrones. And they're all, you know, again, the, they're um, – gosh, they're Wheel of Time books. Like, they're all written – they just have different artwork. They're obviously they're in German, you know. So, but I was like, "Whoa, this is so trippy." You went to that section and you're like, "I don't recognize any of these." I mean, they have English versions, and some of them uh, might just be like the same cover with just a different, um, you know, just the German text over it. But still, it was some of them weren't, and it was really kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. So. so this must be. This must be. Those are these are these are new UK covers or something, yes, or this is this is older. This is older. So, oh, that there's the uh, a dance with dragons. There's the dragons the that piece. you have. Mm. Yeah, this somehow ended up at a at a half price bookstore in in a, in the in the states. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah, like I, these. I like the I like the I definitely like these Storm of Swords ones. They're cool. Did I, I feel like they came out after the show? This was twenty. This was twenty fourteen. So yeah. yeah looks like yeah oh yeah they literally say game of thrones on them with the hbo font oh yeah yeah that's cool, cool. interesting that's interesting to look at all see can we buy the uk books if i go to amazon i or do i have to go to like i, I guess do i get could. it shipped here i think or... you can i think Is there's a way because more yeah, because in, in the Tolkien world, like some stuff only comes out like first in the UK. Um, our local bookstore here, Paragraphs in, in Mount Vernon, uh, there's a guy and that's what he does. He's just like, eh, this is only coming out in in the UK or wherever. And so he's got to like somehow get on there and special order it. But yeah. Mm. So. Interesting. Cool. Interesting. 
Cool. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's dive into our reread today. And we're diving into Jamie one from a storm of swords, which is the first chapter in the book um, after the prologue, of course. So uh, Sir Jamie is being escorted to King's Landing by Brienne of Tarth and her cousin, Sir Cleos Frey by boat. He was released in secrecy from Riverrun by Catelyn after swearing never again to take up arms against the Starks or Tullys, and to honor his brother Tyrion's pledge to release Sansa and Arya. The oath was sworn at sword point and while drunk, and uh, and while drunk. And Jaime considers killing Brienne and getting away. He is still chained hand and foot. Um, Jaime ponders Cersei's feelings with uh, with him after the Bran incident and wonders if she sent the assassin to Bran's room, but he dismisses that notion thinking she could, she would have sent Jamie himself to do the dirty work. Their boat is moving down the red fork of the Trident and Jamie and Cleos. Uh, Jamie has Cleos shave his head. So he will be less recognizable. Should they get caught? He and Brienne uh, treat each other with contempt. She stops their boat to cut down and bury several uh, tavern wenches hanging in the trees. Jamie mocks Brienne because a note reveals these women were killed by the Northmen, most likely Bolton men, for servicing uh, Lannister men. Their uh, trip is interrupted when Brienne spots a river uh, galley bearing down on them. The galley is under command of Sir Robin Rygar, sent by Sir Edmure Tully, to return the Kingslayer to Riverrun. Brienne jumps out off the skiff and climbs up the cliff face. Jamie distracts the men on the galley by challenging Robin to single combat while Brienne dislodges a large boulder, which crashes down on the galley, sinking it. When Brienne swims back to the skiff, Jamie considers smashing uh, her in the face with his oar, but instead pulls her in the boat. Jamie uh, derides Brienne and asks her if she wants his thanks, but she rebuffs the Kingslayer and says she is only motivated by the oath she swore to Catelyn to return him to King's Landing. Jamie marvels at Brienne's sense of duty. So um, we'll kind of go through the chapter a little bit, but we can just sort of start with like big takeaways um, from this chapter. And I, I'll just go just first. This was like, and this is why I love A Storm of Swords, going from everything we've done in the first two books, you know, it's mostly in the eyes of like the good guys, Mo mostly with a little bit of a change and like Theon starts to sort of become a bad guy a little bit. Um, because even the first Lannister person <laughs> we're introduced to is Tyrion, and then you're like, "Wow, Tyrion's kind of a good guy, right?" You you kind mm -hmm. of get to know him. So I feel like this is like the big shift. It's almost like I view Game of Thrones and A Clash of Kings sort of go together, and then this half of the books, the other dance feast and um, Storm of Swords, go together. And like for me, it's this chapter just because not like not not nothing like sort of super amazing happens in this chapter, but we shift to Jamie Lannister, who who is a character who we don't really see all that much actually in the books. You kind of you he's actually in the show. He's way more prevalent, and a lot of some of the stuff that happens. Uh, like in his storm arc is pulled into like the seasons where we get to see his perspective, but it's like, wow, hold on. We're starting with Jamie Lannister, like the Kingslayer, the bad guy. And it's like, you know, this is where it's like the books, like just get so, 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 so much better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th I think, I think you're right, man. I think like it's it, to start with him and to, to say he's going to be a big deal in this book. And then just a, a couple of things, I'll toss it to Nikki here. Like, Jamie, his, his his whole thing, he goes through not just some changes like 
internally, but like his physical appearance. I mean, he's like in, in a cell, he, his hair is all grown out. He's got a beard. Um, he would now shave his head, trim it all off. He looks super haggard. It says that he's almost, it feels like he's aged five years uh, or so. He feels like he's aged up. And later on, he's actually going to get his, his, his uh, sword hand taken off and stuff. So like he goes through these physical <coughs> changes but then internally, he's also going through a lot of changes. And I think it's like Brienne right out the gate here that is doing all this stuff. And he's, he's sort of, he's sort of blown away by her commitment. I, I mean, I think he hides it well, but I think really he's sort of like, this is an interesting person, you know, it's just, it, 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 it's, she's very, uh, she contrasts him in a, in a lot of ways and stuff. So it's fascinating. That's sort of my, my, my big takeaway. My, my second big takeaway, by the way, is that Cleos, Sir Cleos is a joke. And this guy <laughs> is an absolute he's, joke. He's a joke. He's a Get joke. And I love throwing these characters. George throws guys in there. Yeah. I'm like, he's a, when I first read this, I was like, he's a dead man. This guy's dead. He's <laughs> like, there's no way he's going to last. He's long. a, it, he, so, in, in Star Trek, they call him red shirts. He's, he's a red he's, shirt. He's a, he's a yes. red shirt. Total red yeah. shirt. And it's just, it's so funny. But yeah, Nikki, what, what do you think? Like big takeaway, I guess, from Jamie one. Um, when you first read this chapter, it's, it's like you're saying you're, you're now reading the chapter from the guy who pushed a kid out of a tower because he was caught having relations with his twin sister. Uh -huh. This is not somebody you care about. And it's, you're reading through it and immediately he's very arrogant. He's very scathing. Um, and you do kind of think, why, why are we going to be following him throughout this book? I don't want to, I don't want to hear from this guy. But the foreshadowing in this chapter alone for all the things that are going to come and all the changes that Jamie is going to go through are just, they're there and you don't realise that. So I think one of the one of the first ones that really stu uh, stood out to me was he calls Brienne wench. Mm -hmm. And she yeah. says to him, you will call me Brienne, not wench. And Jamie's immediate response was, my name is Sir Jamie, not Kingslayer. Right, yeah. And that doesn't mean anything yet. But mm -hmm. as you get further through the books, you start to realize that Jamie hates being called the Kingslayer. He hates that people do that behind his back. Um, and I, I did a TikTok about um, when Jamie goes to meet Brynden at um, the Siege of Riverrun. All he wants is for people to recognize him as Sir Jamie, the knight, the, the good guy who's doing the right things for the right people. But in this first chapter, when he says that, that doesn't mean anything, but it means everything to mm -hmm. Jamie. And that's one of yeah. the first things that really sort of stuck out for me. Yeah. Uh, just just because well, I'm so glad you said that, because that was one of the things I was going to mention was like names are important and mm. they're, they're definitely important to characters. And he may be dismissive a lot and kind of like, ah, you know, it's not really like he, he downplays, he's, he mocks, he's, he's whatever. Um, but he's hiding a lot of stuff that is going on inside. And then he has that one direct moment, like you said, where he's just like, um, you know, yeah, my name is, is Jamie Lannister, right? I'm, I'm Sir Jamie. I'm not, and I'm not the Kingslayer. Uh, I, I'll say like, I had this whole thought and this was, I forget when this happened, but I was looking at, um, I was looking at the smiling Knight, uh, and I was looking at Jamie reflecting on the smiling Knight and Sir Arthur Dane and how he was talking about like, he 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 understood the king's guard of old and and even sir barristan talks about they're in a different league a different level like as far as skills and and battle command and all that kind of stuff jamie's on that level and really he did something that's truly super honorable with with like the, the mad king and just protecting maybe the citizens of like uh you know king's landing but but he still feels like he's got that that title that cloud over him he's the king slayer 
And so I felt like this whole time, and as you look through the series, he's constantly looking at, um, I forget, is it Osman Kettleblack or whoever, one of the Kettleblacks, and uh, which one gets on the Kingsguard? I think it's, there's Osni, uh, there's Osman. Osmond. Osmond gets one of them. Yeah. 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 The, the, the oldest one. Um, he's, he's a member of the Kingsguard and he like freaking hates this guy. He always comes in super smiling. He's always described as a smiling knight. And I just thought like, there's this whole sort of wordplay around him and date and, and like Jamie trying to, yeah, like win back that uh, honor and prestige and, and earn back his, his name sort of, even though he doesn't really, have to and he shouldn't have had to to begin with the, with the whole kingslayer thing but he kind of adopted the um he kind of rolled with the mockery and sort of turned into the villain that everybody wanted him to be which is what Tyrion kind of does as well as like what you want me to be a villain i'll be a villain fine you're gonna I'm, I'm gonna try to protect the the city and if you want me to be that then here we go i'll just i'll just go and do it yeah there we go sir sir osmond kettleblack yeah 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 and then it's oz oswell yeah oz he's the son of oswell and has two brothers osfred and osney i mean Right, you know, I'm out on all of them. Okay. I'm out on all. all by the all, way, all, all the kettle blacks. Yeah, there's there's some major, there's some really fun series with the kettle blacks, and they're those characters that George, when you read the series at first, like those characters, and you mentioned uh, Lady Merryweather earlier, Nikki, like the characters around King's Landing, and just uh, like oh gosh, Lord Rosby, and all those little tiny minor houses and characters, they add up over time, and George is like has them there doing stuff, and then they'll have a moment, and you're like, who? who was this character? And like, you go back and like, they've been there the whole time dismissed by the major characters, but then they, they, they matter down the line. So uh, that's kind of interesting. You know, Sansa, it's, it's Sansa's chapter where she, she has a connection between um, the, the kettle black. She understands that they're working for Littlefinger and, and she's being rowed to, I think Littlefinger's uh, homestead and, and figures that whole thing out. But to me, it's just always been like, yeah, Jamie is, you, you see him trying to be, better or or realizing sort of who cersei's turning into he's lost his father things are kind of fall. what matters to him you know what what, what matters yeah there it is that's that's yeah. the line gotta pull yeah yeah here. you would call me brienne not wench my name is sir jamie not kingslayer yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so it's that that's a really interesting uh moment and you know the other thing that stands out to me too is that brienne is um Gosh, she's so will. She wants to kind of keep her oath, right? She's made an oath to Catelyn, and she wants to to really see that through. And it's like Jamie did. I, I love. I don't know if it was how that was worded in the book or the show or where it was at. I think I'm probably thinking of the show. But just which of the oaths do, do, do you keep? You swore so many loyalties and different things. Like which ones are we supposed to keep, and which one? How do you prioritize all of them? And uh, it actually even comes up when the Kingsguard are, are talking about protecting the royal family but not from each other not from the mad king and not from it's just a wild their ultimate duty is to the king and they're sworn to protect the king but at what cost and they also swore to protect the innocent and the people and stuff it's it's awesome it's it's wild and so he starts with this character it's just so well thought out and this is why this is why this this book is really what what kicks us into this whole excitement that is like it was great start um great build up there for the battle at Blackwater Bay. And then now we're into this whole thing where we're, characters are turning and shifting. And we're like, what the, what the hell's going on? It's just, it's great. So yeah, I, I love that you mentioned that it's the name. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't like being called Kingslayer. So no, no, he doesn't. And so another, another, another kind of thing that happens in this too, is Jamie sort of recounts the, the, the first chapter or not the first chapter, but 
know, the big first big main event. All right. Um, where he pushes Bran out the window and he's sort of like think, re sort of thinking about this, um, which I also think is just interesting in this chapter, which is our, our first. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Jamie Chapter. And the whole arc of Jamie is this essentially this idea of redemption, right? Like that's the, his whole deal. Is he going to redeem himself? Is he not? He sort of is, but you know, the way the show ends, he kind of goes, ultimately goes back, goes back to Cersei, which who knows? I ho- hope, hopefully it's, it's better. Uh, mm-hmm. And in in uh, in, even if it's the same thing as long, you know, as long as it's written better, um, but I mean, it all, it literally all starts in like in this chapter, just where he is beginning to sort of think about things differently. He's so shocked by the fact, like when he helps Brienne up, it's like, it's almost like Brienne does just bring so much, much, much better uh, good out of him where he's doing things. And he's like, think he, he sort of just does it without really realizing it when he's going to hit her with the oar. He's thinking, oh, you know, then I could escape. But he's like, suddenly I found myself pulling her he jamie found himself pulling her into the boat yeah. and and yeah that's like that's another thing so much about his like redemption arc that all begins right in this chapter mm-hmm. it's the way that that bit's worded as well um so he is it, it's an it's a, a mumbling um thankfully jamie still had his all one mm. good swing when she comes paddling up and i'll be free of her instead he found himself stretching the oar out over the water yeah there's no thought process of oh actually maybe i should save her it's oh oh i'm helping her where did that come from right right it's just that's his initial reaction and that's that i just love the way that that's worded there's no thought behind it that's just what he does that's his automatic response is to help her yeah right yeah, it's it. Well, let's see. Where's it at? Right there. Yeah, sorry, stream murder was freaking out there for a second. For those of you watching, it's like jumping all over the place. Yeah, yeah, but it's he found himself. Yeah, instead yeah. he found himself. And if you stop right there, that means a lot, right? But you you know, stretching out the oar. There, there's no pause necessarily, but really you could. And if you're George writing it, you're sort of like, that's the that's the craftiness of him. I feel like yeah. Instead, he found himself. Uh, stretching the oar out over the water and it's sort of got a double double meaning he was doing this thing but also in a way his true self inwardly is like yeah this is the right thing to do so yeah uh, yeah you know and also like he does he does talk about like how like he finds her ugly and all this stuff but (coughs) i think part of i think part of it is also i don't like i don't think it's like i don't think 
the word is supposed to be associated with Brienne as like her physical appearance, but I think he's George is using the word ugly here to talk also about like she's like I'm like a righteous honorable knight and I'm gonna you know not she's a knight mm-hmm. but like that's the idea is and well she is a knight because well you know she was part of the king's guard right but um what she makes fun of too he makes fun of the rainbow guard but yeah. it's I think yeah. it's I think it's kind of like the whole idea of like that type of person because we start with Jamie being like, I would have had to silence this kid. And I think that's something that also will change over the course of this. So I, I think like even the use of word, the word of ugly here, isn't just, I think it's how he views Brienne right now as like a whole, like the physical appearance and sort of personality, like the whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's almost like a projection too. I mean, thinking like it's, it's like he wishes because I, I think she does a lot in this chapter and just the more he's around her and learning, because this is sort of his first, you know, moments with her. He's heard about Renly. He's heard about these different things. He's reflecting on uh, pushing Bran Stark out the window. And then he's seeing her do things and try to be this honorable person. It almost helped him like recall his youth and, and what he set out to do with uh, the likes of Sir Barristan and uh, Arthur Dane and, and, and all those guys, Gerald Hightower. Like he was there. Like, that The cool, the crazy thing is, is that, when you think about Jamie, we reflect a lot. This, a lot of the mysteries surrounding the series are what happened in King's Landing, Robert's Rebellion, who knew about the Tower of Joy, who knew all these different things, and and he was the newest guard and m- member and was not necessarily included in, in all the maybe the secrets that Rhaegar had going because he had years of a relationship with other individuals. But like he's there. I mean, he still know like when he drops those lines about the Mad King, it's like. Jamie matters because he was in the midst of all of that and is somebody who could share more information about what happened uh, during the sack of King's Landing with uh, Rhaegar's children, um, all, all those various things. Like, I, I, how did how did Eddard Stark know to go to the Tower of Joy? Like, does Jamie know anything about any of that stuff and just hasn't brought it up yet because it's not really what he thinks about on a daily basis? And it's just author's choice. He gets to selectively drop bits of knowledge when he wants to. Um, and he can use those characters that were around and had good proximity to all that kind of stuff. So I just think it's it's sort of a it's just a crazy <clears> thing <throat> to think about him being there with the Mad King and, you know, almost as a hostage. But yet Rhaegar was going to change things and his whole world gets gets shifted around and he loves his sister. And now she's with Robert and he just develops this bitter kind of personality in this. Um, I don't know. And he wants he wants to be more. But he just right. doesn't see, and as long as Robert's alive and things are happening the way they are, it's just really, I don't know, it gets kind of perverted and turned and stuff in his mind. And so, yeah. Yeah. He also, and I was trying to find it because I think, does he reflect on Arthur Dane in this chapter at any point? Because th- that's mm. always a thing that comes up is like he, anytime he reflects on Arthur Dane, um it's sort of like because that's you know i think a person he viewed as like this is the man i aspire ultimately to be it's only because the the chapter starts and it says the pale pink dawn and anytime you have that it's always like yeah as i always as his ears always turn up like what yeah like (laughs) yeah Yeah, i I love the whole you know that uh what's his name um corin halfhand you know uh, like pale, like a, the pale, the pale pink dawn, huh? Okay, dawn, right, dawn comes with uh, any. It's right. a so- song associated with uh, Corin Halfhand. Anytime he shows up, dawn came with him, and you're like, what? Yeah. Or the sword, yeah. or like it's actually done. I love those kind of kind of moments, yeah. but 
Oh, I, and the color pink, obviously. I mean, it's always anytime Dawn is referenced, it's always associated with House Dane. It's so so ridiculous, right? Right. Um, the the bits too. So he is. It's interesting, you know. The, the other thing that George weaves in in all of this is the trident, and we've we've heard about the trident. We've heard about like the Riverlands and where they're at. So you're kind of understanding the world that we're in. And uh, he's escaping from River Run. A couple other characters I pulled up that don't really matter and don't come up to uh, much more. But like Sir Robin Riger is is the uh, he's a knight um, captain of the guard at River Run. And he's big, bald, old. And at one point, Jamie does challenge him to like single combat. Jamie is a boss. And, you know, I mean, he, he's not he, he, he thinks he's the fastest sword in Westeros. And I think he probably is actually so that's kind of a cool moment where he just he challenges him and he's like that nah, i'm not doing that i'm not stupid <laughs> um but anyway i just think it's it's he's there cleos uh Frey is there um and then there's just a lot of jamie kind of reflecting and in, in viewing brianne as this uh more i don't know he, he talks about uh she talks about chivalry and talks about what uh, a true knight would do she mentioned the phrase uh true knight is mentioned quite often from her her lips and he's been a knight much longer and been through a lot more. And I feel like he has a lot to kind of, kind of share with her. So when they have their bout, when they have their fight later, it's just like, she's worried right now that he's going to get a dagger. Right. So, so uh, Cleos is going to hand him a dagger just to shave his beard and just to cut his hair off and stuff. And she's like, no, right. Like don't give it to him. So she's also very smart and wise that Jamie's a boss. All right. So, and I just pulled up a map too here, just to show everyone where we're at, you know, we're on the red fork right around river run. Right. Yeah. Right around that area. I know this. I use this map sometimes. It's like crazy. There's a lot going on, but you get to see all the, all the other houses. They all the other houses and everything that they could they could run well, into. The sigils matter. Sometimes I think when we look they at do. the sigils, I'm always like, huh? No, what is what is he saying in that sigil and what's what's going on? There's symbolism and, and all those different things. Um, but but Nikki, I guess as Matt has pulled up here, what what do you, what do you think about when you, I know you you have done a lot of digging on Jamie and the and the Lannisters and stuff, but Brienne. You know, how do you feel like her? How do you feel about her character and just you know, uh, her relationship with Jamie? Um, I've literally my last TikTok was kind of about this. So um, the chapters, as they sort of progress, um, you know, Brienne's and Jamie's are really really interesting because as soon as Jamie sort of decides that he's done with Cersei and he kind of sees her for who she actually is. Um, in my opinion, I feel like he spends a lot of time pining after Brienne a little bit. He thinks about her a lot. Um, and so when he sees her, because he only has one chapter in the Dance, Dance with Dragons, when he sees her, he's really, really worried about her and concerned. Um, and that kind of makes sense because we've seen that Jamie does think about her quite often. Mm -hmm. um, Brienne's chapters, not so much reciprocated um, I found up until um, I mean, you know, he sort of crosses her mind a little bit up until um, she is captured by uh, Lady Stoneheart mm -hmm. and then she's crying out for Jamie. Um, yeah. And it kind of becomes clear at that point how much he actually does mean to her. Um, so, yeah, Brienne, I love Brienne. And I'll be really interested to see what happens with those two um, because they've, they've obviously sort of reunited. Um, she's told him that they're going to go and rescue Sansa from the Hound. Um, 
but yeah um yeah, yeah I just Brian's chapters are I, I, they're very different right I, I know where I'm going with this but I'm kind of losing my train of thought yeah um <laughs> but um yeah Brian's chapters are really really interesting I think like I say in the last chapter we get in a feast for crows where she really is kind of like oh my god where's jamie don't take my sword away jamie jamie gave that to me jamie is a good yeah. guy okay fine you can hang me because i'm not going to give you jamie yeah that is like a complete 180 from this chapter where right. she's talking about you know i'm, I'm sworn to Catelyn. i'm going to drop you off with Tyrion. i'm going to take the girls back you know where we are with her now she's prepared to die for jamie the only reason she relents is because she can't stand to see podrick suffering yeah. Um, which I find really, really interesting, that, considering the animosity between them. Yeah. No, that is interesting. And you think about like anytime a character thinks about something else. So like right now, Jamie's kind of doing this. He's he's reflect right now, he's reflecting on Cersei still, where where, where we're at. Yes. But as you go along, those become and we, we mentioned Moon Boy as kind of a joke, and that's really, you know, irritating him or whatever, but he'll move beyond where like all this the, the thoughts of, of Brienne start to rival the thoughts of Cersei. And you're like, anytime a character, like that's what George George is kind of doing is, is when she's thinking about him as well, all that relationship stuff or, or just feelings or influence that they've had on one another is simmering underneath. Uh, and then it's sort of brought to a boil. And then it just, it kind of um, comes out. And, and yeah, Matt's got a sick Vanity Fair uh, uh, photo yeah. up here of them. Well, I just, <laughs> first image that came up, I was like, oh, this will work. Yeah. 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 But just because their, their relationship, um, she learns a lot from him and is influenced by him and she's picking up even though he's not directly telling her what he's gone through and he has the, he does have a few direct moments like that line you mentioned where he says this is my name i'm not the kingslayer this is my name mm. it, it's sort of indirect it's a direct thing that he says but it's also like mm, that's a little out of character for him and it's it's something that she would pick up on and you imagine like his tone as he would say that to her she's sort of like huh uh, that kind of got to him a little bit or or whatever. It must be something that's that's underneath. And she's smart enough, I think, to figure that out. He he calls her, you know, unintelligent a few times and and that she's over kind of this whole bit about going diving, leaving them, coming back and being pulled into the boat. He's like, uh, what? Like, it, I mean, we could have totally just gone without you. And, and, and he, and he yeah. doesn't. So all those things are subtle and indirect and underneath. And I think you're right. There is something that towards the end here. Uh, it is, and you know, I've never thought about the Podrick thing. It's not because of Jamie. I think I, that we get those kind of, uh, oh, I don't know. Sometimes when you're reading something or you haven't read it and experienced it for a long time, I mean, it, it is it's directly, it's, it's pod that she's worried about. It's why she relents. That's why she agrees to do what she's going to do. But it's like, she, um, now once she has to go and do this whole bit with Jamie, it's like, we, we also got some of her feelings there associated with the sword. And just him in general, and that she has to go uh, get him. Something is going to happen with that. And I don't think she's going to betray him at all. I think she's now she's smart enough. Your oath, like this, is a moment where Jamie will say, "This is like a Mad King moment with Lady Stoneheart." Okay, you've made an oath. How far are, are you going to take it? How far are you going to go with this to to a place of uh, to, that's dishonorable? You know what I mean? Are you going to go that far? Dishonor yourself? to keep an oath is that more honorable and that's totally what's going on with lady stoneheart and she's got jamie right there uh around it so that that's a great connection i love thinking about that and it's so wild that george left us right there on that point and that's where we're that's you know what i mean like, yeah <laughs> it's such a huge moment it's such a huge yeah. shift for those two so 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, another, it's another interesting thing here. And let me, I'll pull up uh, just from the checks is like, even immediately though, like Jamie, like he's like, he's looking at Brienne, right. You know, it's like sure. a well-dressed, you know, as well dress a cow in silk as this one, but the cow could row, you know, beneath her rough spun uh, brown breeches were calves like cords of wood. Like, so she, he even starts to almost immediately see like, well, you know, like she's more useful, I think, than I realize even right now when he thinks she's like an ugly, terrible, you know, waste of life is like his perspective currently. But, you know, it's like, well, she speaks like a highborn one, whereas a long sword and a dagger, but can she use them? Well, he means to find out, but he then by the end of the chapter, he does find out. Yes, she can. She's uh, no slouch, as we right. as, as, as we say. <laughs> right. Well, Matt, you know, something to think about now. We've been kind of it's it's fun when you do a reread because you can bounce ahead. and You can think about where the character is going to go. Jamie is dissatisfied with the Kingsguard. They are super just and especially when she comes back and Cersei's put uh, Kettle Black in there and there's other right. like it's just sort of a mess. You know, they're not they're not. um uh, the type of guys that he's used to being around. I think what he sees once he looks past the idea that she's that she's uh that well that she's a knight and that you're, that she was in Renly's Kingsguard and that she's this so that she's a woman who is who was a knight right. He's got to get past all that. He sees he's like hold on a second. She reminds me of these guys. These guys the the big strong they can come in like they were true knights. They 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 kept their oaths as best they could. They sought to be chivalrous. They they sought to be uh, uh good people and stuff like that and he sees that in her and that's more attractive that's the piece that's like more attractive to him where he's like whoa that's there's something there and it rekindles this fire in him that's sort of like yeah okay that's that's the kind of people i want to surround myself with doesn't matter what she looks like or her teeth or her face and that kind of stuff he sees beyond that and i think that's a, a kind of a beautiful thing that george does and it's it takes you a while to see it because he's so nasty about the comments you know right. that's sort of like his facade he has this these comments that come out about Brienne, but really, um, he's admiring her underneath. So, yeah. and Nikki, that's on. The... Yeah, um, I I made notes on this chapter because I'm a grown up. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> this is what I spend my time doing. Um, yeah, exactly as you said, he spends a lot of time looking at her and assessing her, um, and being you know rude and scathing, and then sort of towards the end of the chapter, um, when she's getting ready to take on the galley. Um, he looks at her again and then he's thinking to himself, oh, she has pretty eyes and she's calm. Um, mm -hmm. She's determined, not desperate. And it's yeah. like you say, when you when he realizes like there's that little bit of respect there for her right at the end when he does realize she's not she's not scared. She's not all over the place. She does know what she's doing. OK, OK, mm -hmm. I can get behind that. Um so yeah, just that again, 180, right at the end of the chapter where he looks at her in a positive light after having spent the entire time being quite vicious about her. That's the sort of like realizing moment for Jamie that, oh, okay, she is quite competent and capable. Right, right. And he admires it. Yeah. It's one yeah. of those things that I think is like you're it's just so cool to see. And that's gonna grow and it's gonna continue to be a thing as as he goes on to the point where he's just like, I mean, he'll give her the sword. Um yeah. and yeah, yeah, really, really interesting uh, quote here. I'm going to pull this up. This is actually from the, the next Jamie chapter, too, is where he and he and Brianna are sort of having a back and forth here. 
Um, it's like for a moment, Jamie thought Brienne might strike him a step closer and I'll snatch the dagger from her sheath and bury it up in her womb. He gathered a leg under him, ready to spring, but the wench did not move. It's a rare and precious gift to be a knight, she said, and even more so a knight of the King's Guard. It is a gift given to few, a gift you scorned and soiled. A gift you want desperately, wench, and can never have. I earned my knighthood. Nothing was given to me. I won attorney melee at 13 when I was yet a squire. At 15, I rode with Sir Arthur Dane against the Kingswood Brotherhood, and he knighted me on the battlefield. It was that white cloak that, that soiled me, not the other way around. Like, wow. Yeah. That's a great yeah. line. I love when yeah. that comes up. It was just like... Yeah, everyone seeks it and thinks it's a, a this this awesome thing, but inside of it are these these this binding kind of oath that that undid him, you know, and and caused him to lose honor or lose face or whatever. And it's just like, geez, um, yeah. I here's a here's a great what if like what would Sir Arthur Dane have done? What would Gerald Hightower have done had they have been standing there and they heard him say, you know, burn them all, light 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 the wildfire, destroy, blow the city up. Would they have over, you know, stepped in? And I think they might. I think some of them might have. Some of them might not have. Um, you know, I think more people would have mm -hmm. than wouldn't. I think a lot of people like to think they want they would have done the honourable thing. Yeah. Um. But I think in that sort of moment of desperation, um. Oh my God! It's either him or the entire city. I think most people would have have done exactly what Jamie did. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he has the, he also has the skill to kind of say he knows he's a badass and he knows he can kill the king and anybody in that freaking room. And because he, he, like, he, he's sitting here when this chapter talking about to, to Sir Cleos, he's like, that's probably 18 of them. There's probably 18, three on 18 right now. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, ah, probably more actually. And he's like, I would just, hey, I'll take me, those odds. Let's go. Let, let, let me out of these. I can take them. And it's just like, whoa, this guy has a lot yeah. of, of confidence. And so that's the other piece he brings to it, which is like, I know I can kill the king and I know I can also kill his guards. And he's one of them, right? And anybody, any other foot so soldier that's out there and, um, and do this thing. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I still feel like the other ones would have, maybe they have more sway in terms of persuasion and would have stepped, spoke up. I think people might've been more willing to, to speak up than draw the sword against the king at first. But his father's coming in, war's going on, the rebellion. It's just like, Sir Arthur Dane, let's put you in his shoes. And I think Arthur Dane, I think Arthur Dane would have. They would have? They just him. because he's so close with Rhaegar that I feel like he, well, well I don't know. We suspect but Rhaegar the, is, right. The, the tourney of Harrenhal, we suspect that whole thing to be a right. uh, a plot a big, to a big, overthrow. A big, whole, a big whole deal, yeah. Yeah. The one I think I see the one that's like, that's interesting though is I don't know. I Barristan I almost go back and forth a little bit on. Mm. Would he have done it? Cuz I think it's it's so much easier for Barristan cuz Barristan only walks out when Joffrey like retires him and is like, "Okay. I mean, he's still he still like puts up with like Joffrey until yeah. Joffrey retires him." But yeah. he also, and then he goes to find Daenerys. But he had served the Targaryens his whole life, essentially. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, because he's he's so he, I don't know. He's the one I feel like would have stood there and sort of did his duty to his king. Isn't it weird though? It is a weird thing to think that you are you served a king, and then you served the rebel king. 
That right. is, it is interesting, and I think Barristan does struggle with that a little bit because now, hold on a second, is where is one? your your, your I think loyalty? So, right? Yeah, Barristan? is Barristan the only Barristan's the only Kingsguard member? Well, Jamie, yeah, Jamie. Barristan yep. and Jamie, yep, are the are the um, only two because everyone else dies. Dies. Yeah. Uh, right. We just dies. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. the whole thing on the elder brother and Lou and Martell and all this stuff. Yeah. So it's like it is possible that I mean I bet he would struggle with that. You know, you're supposed to be an honorable knight, but how do you serve the king that you fought because he rebelled against your your right. king and kill? I mean, it's just it's a weird spot for Barristan well, to be in. You know, right. and more so Barristan than than Jamie because when Jamie, it's like Tywin comes in and the Cersei marries Robert. Jamie slew Whereas, the king. Yeah, he, right. he killed the yeah. previous king. Right. So, but Barristan, yeah, I mean, that's weird. It's, is that more honorable? Like, what do you think, Nikki? Just, you know, that, that he had to serve. Um, I think what you're saying about influence and experience is definitely relevant because I think a lot of people forget that that Jamie was a pretty traumatized 17 year old at that point. Yeah. Um, so he got named to the King's Guard at 15, and pretty much as soon as it was a done deal, he became Eris's hostage near enough um right and like you say he had to watch Ares do all this horrible stuff that he couldn't intervene with um it's like when he's outside the bedchambers and he's like we should go and you know our job is to protect the queen right yeah but but not from him so he's had to witness all of that and I think to have been stood where he was um for Ares to then demand his father's head what do you expect a 17-year-old boy to do? Um, so, yeah, I do wonder if someone like Sir Barristan could have done something like, we need to get out of here. Let's go to your chambers. Let's figure this one out. I'm going to move you away. Um, yeah, I don't know if Barristan could have done it. Um, I don't think he would have just perhaps defended Ares and allowed him to do it. I think he perhaps might have found a better way yeah. better way a different way around it to sort of diffuse that that issue um right but yeah i would like to think he wouldn't have just allowed Ares to do it well it's almost like because i feel like what Rhaegar is doing and, and stuff and what the other kingsguard <laughs> members are getting behind is protecting the king from himself yeah you know that's what they're all in a big plot to do uh at either the tourney at heron hall or whatever because he's gone mad and and he's losing it and he's killing innocents um, he's starting war and it's one of those things where let's say you've got your finger over like the nuclear missiles and you're a madman uh, and, and our duty is to protect that person. Well, let's protect that person from himself, like, like himself. Mm-hmm. Let's remove him. Or if he issues a command, let's go counterman that we're not going to kill him. So that's something Barristan might've done right. with the pyromancers has been like, now come on, you know, yeah. c- sidebar. We're not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Barristan, Barristan also at that point, you know, so we're talking what, like 10 years prior so i don't know how old he is right now but it let's just uh, pictures and everything he seems like he's probably in his like 60s or 70s or something so you give him 10 more years he's still a really strong guy and eris is like frail as all get oh, out yeah. so i mean and Barris is in like full armor so he could like easily just pick him up and carry him somewhere or, yeah. or he could just like you know smack him with his hand and probably knock him out because he's got yeah. like a metal gauntlet on and right. i don't know that he would have killed the mad king Right, but you could right. certainly, you know, knock him out to be like, I'm doing this for your own good, and I'm gonna like t- try to sneak him out or something. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, something to to that effect. I think I think they would have at least spoke up or or said. So. I don't know. I just feel like they because he provides such good counsel to Daenerys. 
Well, or they go get the queen or they go get someone who they think might have some influence or talk to the small council or or whatever. And that's the other thing. He was he was deposing sort of his king's hand and just sort of saying, like, if this person didn't work, we're going to the next guy, going to the next guy. And it was just it was a joke right. by the end. Um, also, so. keep in mind, we don't necessarily I don't think we know, but um, was Barristan at Summerhall? Do we know? Do we know? Was he at Summerhall? I don't think it's ever said, but he is a member of the Kingsguard at that point, isn't he? I think so. I'll look real quick. Because if if that's the case, then he could have also already seen a, another Targaryen king like burned uh, alive, right? You know, depending on what, how when we ever get the the true telling of what happens in Dun Duncan Egg, I think he is in the Kingsguard because he beats. Because I think he gets put on the he gets put in the Kingsguard when he beats Dunk at a tourney and then he kills the the blackfire guy so i think right Nealys. yeah yeah so he's probably there too so he could have you know already seen a targaryen be like i'm not seeing this again another targaryen king burned alive right yeah it's possible yeah for sure and if anything he knows the history of that he knows sort of he's been around uh long enough to know that there's been some issues with targaryens going mad he, he's the one who brings up the coin toss to to danny sort of um flip a coin and you know See how these Targaryens go. Are they are they mad or are they sane? What's what's the deal? So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I like to yeah. think about Barristan being just an absolute boss, though. Barristan the Bold, you know. God, <laughs> it's freaking sick. He reminds me of Obi Wan Kenobi a little bit. Yes, he is. No, he is. He's he's the, he's definitely like the Obi Wan of the <laughs> of the thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I tried to look it up to see. I know, you, I know you're looking up. Uh... So yeah, I um, he's definitely on the King's Guard during, because he's on the King's Guard during the reign of. He was named the King's Guard at the age of 23 before Gerald Hightower, and while King Jaehaerys the second puts the crown on him. So no, actually, I don't think he was. I think it's after. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because Egg dies and then Jaehaerys um, becomes king and then Ares becomes king. Yeah, yeah, he was named Kingsguard uh, while King Jaehaerys was, and that that's who bestowed the white cloak on him. Yeah, yeah. So no, he wasn't there. So never mind. But still, well, but still, I think he was. So he was around during the the War of the Nine Penny Kings. He was even around during, right? Like he receives his knighthood. He's at least a knight. Right. Um, after he un he unhorsed. Uh, Sir Duncan the Tall. So yeah. So I don't know any any of the other people. I don't. I don't necessarily. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily know who. I. I. I don't know. I think Barrison's honestly the only one. I think that might not have killed the Mad King in that scenario. But I almost think everybody else is is just killing him. Yeah. I. F yeah. Pro yeah. Probably. And I think again they were all pretty close with uh, Rhaegar and like like Barristan though. The, the thing is too, uh, he talks about the tourney at Harrenhal where he's like he's like. That he went when he wasn't a true knight, like had he had been a right. more true knight or, or a better knight that right. day, things might have been different. Um, well, and I and the other the other point you, uh, you guys brought up is Barristan has to serve under Robert, right? Yeah. You know, you have to serve under the king you're fighting against. He was there at the battle, yeah, and didn't like in and it's crazy. You know, yeah. And Rhaegar and Rhaegar died. You know, air quote, air quote, died at the battle. <laughs> but so it's like, I mean, if anybody, he's the one who's really like, man, not only that, but I lost, you know, I lost, I, 
if I had done more at that battle, who knows how this how this whole thing could have turned out. Mm. Right. Yeah. It's wild. Yep. Well, wild. okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Des. Right, no, so, okay. yeah. Final thoughts on like I, like just I, the the Jamie stuff. I mean, it's always interesting to compare him back to the old King's Guard, the King's Guard of old. His time as the Kingslayer, King, um, the Mad King, and then see where he's going because I love like right now we're in this season. This this he's been captured, he's been beat by the Young Wolf. He's then freed by Catelyn. Brienne is taking him back. He'll learn so much here. It's really her influence that gives him something else to think about. You know, up until this point, he hasn't met someone like this. And I think that's an interesting thing on life experiences is as you come across different people who can be influences, influencers and who are, um, I don't know, that you admire, that you're like, wow, OK, that's something different. This person's not going with the status quo. And she's she really stands out. And it's definitely made an impression on him and has reminded him of who he is. And so Nikki brought up the quote just that, yeah, he found himself along the way. And that's what he's going to continue to do throughout these chapters. But he, it's hard to see. It's all murky because of his his um, his attitude is his uh, whatever you want to call it. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. OK. Um, all right. Well, uh, we do have one uh, sort of question here, Raven. Um, so this comes to us from Dave. He says. Um, so this is a theory that has occurred to me and I haven't seen it elsewhere yet. I, but I am not laying any claim to it. It just kind of blows, um, uh, blows my mind. Um, as much as I see it plausible, I genuinely, um, here anyway, he's, he's going, um, he says, here's a timeline. Uh, the idea, the question is Tyrion as a chimera. Um, mm -hmm. he says, so Tywin and Joanna conceived Tyrion before or afters Ares, you know, possibly has his way with Joanna, um, also conceiving a bastard. Um, he says, note, this sounds impossible, but if biologically possible, known as super feckin' duty? I have no idea what that was. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Is, is, is he saying, he's saying very rare, but there are documented cases. So what I'm guessing is that possibly you have sex with two different men and then you potentially bear both their children at the same time is that a thing okay says so, i i don't know but we'll we will look into it here so he's anyway so he's saying this is a crazy this is a wild theory yes this is <laughs> wild this is wild he's added to the show today <laughs> Tyrion absorbs the bastard in utero actually um a little known but unfortunately common occurrence with twins in real life that does happen yeah um so he said uh, then he provides some evidence we we know we know that happens um, so he's saying this theory allows, uh, ultimately allows Tyrion to be Tywin, to be Tywin's son, preserving the, uh, the storytelling weight of their relationship and a secret Targaryen after a fashion for all the various plot potentials that it offers. Um, it creates a seed, no pun intended, I swear, of doubt in Tywin's mind as to Tyrion's paternity leading to part of this hatred. Do you think this is possible in A Song of Ice and Fire? Yes, because George has done way more messed up things in his prior work. Um, it also uh, checks in my head too many boxes, especially the foreshadowing of Maylee's The Monstrous. Um, 
he kind of goes on to say he doesn't necessarily believe in this theory, but I guess just ultimately wants our sort of uh, thoughts on it. <laughs> well, uh, cheers, Nick. <laughs> so that, Crazy theory. Even, yeah. That's what the, the, I just had one of those moments in the show where we don't really edit a lot of things, and I was just like, we, we might be editing that we bad boy now. Because, no, we're, no, we're not. We'll roll with it. I know. I know we're, we're not. But, like, but my thing is, Matt, because we've said our, our belief is we'll read whatever you send us. <laughs> any like, theory. Kind of, any, any crazy theory. That's out there. I mean, that's a, that is a interest. That's a. I don't think George was going for that necessarily. No, He's trying to make a lot. things work. He's trying to say Tywin is his his father, but that he's Tyrion also part. He's consumed, actually also part blood Targaryen because he consumed a fertilized. Right. It's Nikki. I don't even know if you want to comment. Well, hold on. on here, here's here's I'm, the route. I'm we googling can. this now. Well, well, here's the here's the route we here's the route we can sort of go with because we have this is a a big theory and we haven't talked about this yet at all with Nikki is sort of the idea because I think a lot of people you now this guy is saying he doesn't even necessarily like it but a lot of people are a believer into the theory that Tyrion is a Targaryen, um, given like the different eyes and obviously Joanna or you know Joanna and the Mad King sort of. Like not really relationship, right? Um, that he obviously took took liberties with her. So I mean, I I mean, what are what are your thoughts on the Tyrion Targaryen theory? Um, plausible, definitely. Um, because didn't didn't Aerys and his sort of entourage visit Casterly Rock round about the time that Tyrion was conceived? Mm-hmm. So, you, for you know, from a, a timeline point of view, it makes sense. Um, his physical appearance, uh, dreaming about being able to ride a dragon, all those things kind of point towards that. Um, I wouldn't discount it, but I wouldn't sit here and say, this is definitely what I think is going to happen with Tyrion. Right. So, it, th- yes. And you're, the, the, the thing is, he does. It is. It, I know why people ask these questions and why uh, even Dave did like, like, like put this together is like, because, okay, George R. R. Martin actually says flat out the seed is strong. He's talking about genetics. Yes. He's talking about hair color. He's talking about eye color. He's doing a lot of different things with birth and uh, child loss. Um, a lot of things like he, he uses real stuff that, that is uh, adds an, an element of mystery, uh, uh, false identities, uh, bastard children, different things like this. Like that, he has gone to this level. So, Dave, I know I laughed. I simply laughed because I, I've never heard of anything like half these words. And well, didn't know this was a thing right. until well, here, he here we go. Hold on, I just, I just pulled up a study here. Um, okay, so, oh my in god, Viet, in Vietnam, t- uh, twins were born to two different fathers. So it, it yes, it is, it is possible, it's, but the the well, because I have to imagine that. How how likely of a scenario is it that a woman becomes pregnant from two, you know, from two different men? First of all, it's like genetically that sounds incredibly, incredibly rare, but if but potentially it's possible. Sure. It's possible. You would then also have to find a woman that's hooking up with two different guys at roughly the same time in order to be. So, you know, it's like it actually could happen more than we think, but I'm sure that the scenario that creates it is not as likely. Right. Right. You know, so uh, to me, again, and I think this 
fits more with the idea I've always thought of. If you are going to go with somebody being a secret Targaryen, I think it makes way more sense that it's the twins, Cersei and Jaime, than it is Tyrion. Because I just think so much of Tyrion's story, um, I just think it would almost just be ruined if he's a Targaryen. Just because, mm -hmm. like, it's part of the whole deal with, like, him and Tywin's relationship. Tywin's relationship with Jamie and Cersei isn't nearly as talked about as much or as deep as Tyrion's is. And I think, you know, the, the likelihood of, like, oh, twins are kind of crazy. You know, you flip a coin. Jamie, you flip a coin for Jamie. He's really kind of, like, a good guy. He was, like, it's not really, like, his blood or anything that's caused him to be sort of weird. Now, Cersei, on their hand, I could see. I could see the argument. Mm -hmm. um for it so if you want to go with, yeah i think you could almost make an argument in that route yeah yeah i Ready. love the idea that jamie and cersei would be eris's children and everything that jamie has suffered through and that shadow that's been hanging over him he finds that is a result of his true father mm -hmm. yeah trying and, to wrap and, his head around that right and yeah. kinslaying um yeah, yeah. Right, and so they always say that that kinslaying is so. Not only is he a kingslayer, which is pretty, which is bad, uh, but really it's the kinslaying. That's the whole thing they talk about uh, with Theon and other other individuals. Like kinslaying is the worst thing. You, the old gods will curse you and all this kind of stuff. So he goes through quite qu quite a bit, quite character shift, all sorts of ups and downs, and then uh, his life becomes almost to the point where he loses his sword hand, his identity, doesn't know what he's about, and then Rianne is coming in this this sort of redeeming character that's bringing him back from from the brink um but yeah that would be interesting yeah. it's it, just, it, it i think it's it's just, it's from a narrative like i don't think any of them are but i think <laughs> if you were to right. i think the idea of jamie and because that's a big theory too is that jamie and it's like a, a, the Tyrion one seems to be way more prevalent just because of like he has the dragon dreams and all this stuff yeah. but the the jamie and cersei i mean there's theories for everyone being a secret Targaryen, but Jamie and Cersei to me makes way more sense narratively than Tyrion. Um, because then, yeah, you get the kinslang angle, right? Um, you also, it also builds up a little bit more of like Tywin's hate even more for Tyrion. Like say he knew, right. That, uh, that Tyrion is his only actual son. Mm -hmm. Like that would hate him. That would cause him to hate him that much more. The fact that he has to know that Cersei and Jaime are hooking up, whether mm -hmm. he just refuses to believe it or he then, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, thinks they actually like are in theory, like Targaryen. Well, it's a little, it's in everyone's minds the targaryens hooking up with each other is like less awkward than anyone else yeah <laughs> right yeah. than than anyone else doing it so i think just narratively there's just so much more that it works on that side than the tyrian targaryen side in in general which i know is a big is a big theory but i see what he's going for here i do too in in this in this crazy scenario though um and he's actually saying he doesn't agree with it he just he just brought it up so he must have yeah. seen it somewhere right um, in this scenario, actually, if you want to talk about Jamie could be Tywin's actual son, and then Cersei could be the Mad King's son or daughter. Right. If if they were uh you want to go down that that same, crazy rabbit, right. Right, you're right at the same time. Not the whole right. Uh not gotcha. like not the twin absorbing thing, which does happen. Right. Um right. So the other thing that's interesting for me, and it makes more sense that Tyrion, um, is my last point here. Like Bran, when he sees him, like he on a horse, 
he could be as tall riding. He could be as tall as any other night and he could, he could do whatever he wants to do. And after he is, um, you know, has his axe, his, his fall and everything that's Tyrion's sort of helping him see that like on a horse or as Tyrion might've dreamed when he was a little kid, a dragon, you're as tall, as big uh, of, of a player as anyone else, you know? And so maybe that's why he, he fantasized about dragons more. It's a more realistic sort of has nothing to do with his Targaryen blood. It's just the fact that that's where it comes from. You know, it just, um, that levels that makes him bigger, larger than everyone else on a dragon. He can do anything. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wild. Well, crazy wild theory. Um, okay. All right. Well, that's the show. <laughs> that's how we're leaving it. That is the show uh, for us today. So as always, thank you, Nikki, so much for coming on. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, I am on TikTok um, at kale underscore ec, the little handle down there. Um, I'm on Instagram. There's not a lot happening on Instagram at the moment. Um, it's the same handle. And um, YouTube as well. Again, not a lot is happening on YouTube at the moment, but it will be. Yet. Um, not yet. No, there but it's go. coming. Yeah, um, it is coming. But that is Just... where you can find me. Perfect. Awesome. Just like winter. It is coming. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right. Well, you can find Ez and I anywhere on the internet at Super Gains Bros and Womp Rat underscore 2M. We do have a bunch of other projects as well. We do a Hero Wheel of Time podcast called Heroes of the Horn, a Star Wars podcast called Hyperspace Hangout. Ez is making TikTok over, uh, TikToks over there as well at Hyperspace Hangout. Um, we have the Elder One, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So you can check that all out. You can find our extended editions on Patreon and Apple premium so be sure to check those out thank you guys for those of you who do support us there and as always we will see you guys next time where we are into catlin one of a storm of swords and remember that winter is coming Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.